Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Really looking forward to today's chat. We uh, have Mike Metcalf with us, first time on Well Played, and super jazzed to talk with him about sort of after picking a, a, a theme here, you know, what were some of Mike's first moves? Because this this is he's new to gamification, and I kind of want to chit chat with him, and I'm super excited to have him on. But before we get any further, Mike, you want to give a brief intro yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm a sixth grade social studies teacher. Uh, this is my first year with sixth grade. I had been seventh grade, so I've switched from early American history to world history, and was really excited about the content. Uh, shift and I felt it would really lend itself better to what I had been planning out the last couple of years for my gamified classroom. Nice. Uh, so, wow. So new to sixth grade, and then you rolled out gamification on top of like new content and curriculum, like in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, in a pandemic, you are a glutton for punishment, Mike. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So. All right, let's first start, just give us some context for the for the entire thing. What what do you sort of land on for a theme for your game? Well, um, it, it was kind of goofy the way I, you know how you stumble across things, and um, one of the big resources that I fell into was uh, Mr. Polly's blog. Mm -hmm. And he, he had laid out some uh, class-wide long-term game and so I was trying to work that in last year uh, with the American history and then with the content switch um, it really I was really trying to stay away from um, time travel and zombies uh, so I happened to be watching an episode of uh, Stargate and they went to the the place they went to was a Minoan civilization and I'm like okay I I have my mechanic now as to uh, why, how the kids are going to get to where they're going to get into the into the game world, and um, was the discovery of these uh, stargates, and they're they have a, a a bad guy they're they're trying to beat throughout the year, and um, over the course of the year, then they're building uh, they're, they're building an army. Nice. So <clears throat> you got this theme. Yep. And uh, I like that you took inspiration from kind of what you saw, what you were watching. And sometimes that's all it takes, right? That little thing to kind of get you over the hump and it clicks in and you're like, that's it. That's how we're going to like move around. That's how we're going to do it. That's going to be the storyline. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but I will say one of the things that Mike tweeted out was just, <laughs> I don't know, there have been like 20 or 30 different item cards and all stacked up he had made these beautiful cards cut them printed them like whatever like gorgeous uh and i was like wow and then to come to find out that that was like kind of your first big jump into gamification that yeah and so last year everything was was digital the cards were digital and um the way things were working it just i didn't like it and i had a couple kids ask some questions and i'm like well yeah, that makes sense. It it should be something tactile, um, so then they're not forgetting about it. You know, the the digital thing gets put away, and and then they're not 
referencing it as much as I would like. And um, so growing up, I was I had some brothers and cousins who were into D and D, and I was kind of a fringe player and top secret. I don't know, kind of a role playing one around that time. And um, Spellfire was a card game that came out, and I I really liked the what really hooked me on it was the card art and then the collecting. Um, so when I was trying to plan, okay, how are these cards going to work? What are they going to do? Um, that was kind of my big reference point was the mechanics of that game. So there's some different categories, uh, champions, allies, items, artifacts, and lands. And then uh, the, the students have to accrue um, lands that they put out in a formation. Um, champions get played. And then they can place allies and items, and they do certain things. Uh, and the the game itself with the cards is really simple. It's like a, a glorified game of war because you're looking at the numbers uh, on the champions and what the items and artifacts do. Um, but then, so each card has a little content blip, and then the majority of them have some kind of rule bender. Then that will love it. Adjust the rules and add or take away if they're defending a certain area or. Uh, going against a different champion. Um, so not I wasn't sure f to start the year off how it was going to work if if we because we started out with uh, in a hybrid model and I wasn't sure if we were going to end up go, going full online. Um, so there was a lot of hiccups the first quarter and and then I, I just said heck with it I'm going to start printing these cards and kids can be interacting with the cards and um, so the first batch then, uh, it, it was about, so our first unit we cover is Mesopotamia and coming up with trying to do the math on that. Okay. If how many cards do I want in their starter deck? And, um, so that coming up with a hundred and hundred or so unique, um, cards that first time through, and then how many do I need to print and then cut and, um, and then I just wrapped the starter decks in tinfoil. And oh, I love that little. Yeah, it was, I'm like, well, this is going to be lame. It's just tinfoil. But the kids came in, and then I just set them over on the the shelf for a week, and they kept coming in. What's in the packages? What's in the packages? And, um, so then they randomly picked a deck. They weren't sure Look what you card. you building anticipation a little bit, like off to the side, wrapped up. <laughs> um, so they, they open them up, and the, they were – pretty enthralled right away with it. Okay, what do these do and how, how do we play this? So I printed off rule sheets, they're taped to my tables and um, and then I just got in and played with them then so they could learn how to play it. And, um, and I wasn't quite sure how things were gonna go and, and then they were playing. So I kind of just let them go uh, a little bit after they got the, the starter decks and I was inputting some information up at my desk and so I didn't know who said it but uh, somebody goes, well, you, you can't attack me with Sargon because Jericho is a walled city and you don't have siege weapons. And I went, okay, this is this is uh, this is working. Work. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, I was I was really pumped to to hear that from them. And so, yeah. all right, so a little unpacking there. So your cards, your you know things that they they all interact with it's it's a it's a mini game in and of itself right that they're yeah. they're sort of battling each other 
uh, when does that get when does that get rolled out? Like, so if I'm a student in your class, like, boom, I got my starter deck. When do I get to go up against little Jimmy? We do uh, card. I just call it card day. Hey, we're gonna do card day. Um, so right now it's been kind of tough with the the hybrids, the cohorts, because I only see each one two days a week. So mm-hmm. it's we haven't been playing as much as I'd like, but um, that that should probably change after Christmas. Um, and then we're just gonna have. I'm really hoping to do one day a week. We're gonna one day it will be a a shop day where they can purchase, and then uh, another day we'll we'll just be able to play. And uh, as they're accruing, so then I got this other stuff going on with where they accrue experience points, and then my my in-game currency is prestige. So mm-hmm. you want to attract in attracting champions and allies, you want to accrue prestige that you you spend then. Um, so that's where they do the deck upgrading and um, or they complete certain missions and they have access to these cards. Um, there's been a little bit of that where, um, okay, if you do this thing, you, you have your choice of these five cards and only people who were to complete that activity then have access to that card. And So trying to make that um, more special and unique. Uh, so that's, that's the like unlock me- method you know like if i would do a quest or something special maybe yeah. i get kind of a quote-unquote rare card in my deck that yep. maybe you don't have because you didn't go write the poem or make the poster yeah. or whatever the case may be yep i dig it i dig it uh how how have the kids taken to that um i they they, they want to play the cards all the time but then it's uh I've been struggling with, hey, you gotta, you gotta get some work done too. Um, sure. So, I've rearranged some stuff, um, and a, a big thing that I've tried to do is automation with purchasing the cards and uh, keeping track of, of different things. Um, so I've revamped the, the, the store is totally digital. Uh, the point accruement and everything else is totally digital, and then the, the app keeps track of all that. So it's it's pretty slick. Um, they put the cards on their purchase list. They come up. They show me the list on their iPad. I dole out the cards, and then um, they can only have 30 in their deck. So then they got to give up some too. So they got to weigh whether or not it's going to benefit or uh, hurt. What do they What do they do with the the shedded cards? Right. It goes back into circulation then. So then it would give somebody else an opportunity to maybe purchase that card then if it's a per, if it's a card that can be purchased because it um, I've created a scarcity there's only so many of each card so wow, not every Mike you like you built a world here well thanks yeah I'm uh, yeah it's fun it's fun the the card creation has been the really fun so it, it's the the time I get sucked into that pretty pretty easily <laughs> I love making items. I've actually this year taken to offloading some of that to my students and I even made it sort of a premier thing you get to do. So like actually there's an a badge you can get that lets you create cards. Oh wow, okay. And then if 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 I like your creation and I choose to actually build it into the game, that same badge that lets you do that says like on a roll of like then they roll a one 
one d6 and if they roll a one or a two they actually get the item that i created wow okay uh but that's been fun like i actually had a student email me over break here uh sent me a message like boom i've been thinking about this item and he like made it and sent it to me it's this trojan horse as we're studying greece and I think that's just so cool that kids' minds are, how can I add to this game? How can I build into this world, into this space? Uh, so I, much like you, I can get lost in the, the item creation. Uh, yes. With yours, I could see it because it's a, it's a standalone game. Like mine are embedded into what they can do in my class. They're power-ups in class. They're, uh, I mean, if you want to call it role playing, like they're they are a char- they themselves are a character in the game. Um, but yours being like a separate sort of card game, you kind of could have endless creation, couldn't you? Because like you could just keep making different, you know, like there there could be the Spartans, right? Like they and all of a sudden, like that's a card, and you can just give it a value for attack or defense, and like. You could have multiple Spartans in your deck if I wanted to shed off two other cards. And now, like, the likelihood of me drawing the Spartans to win in this game of war, yes. it's like buying a few more aces. Yep, yep. And nobody's asked about that rule yet. Like, can I only have one of this or two of this? And um, so I haven't had to address that yet. And yeah, so, well, so you bring up the Trojan horse. So the other big thing is, so I, as I'm creating then, um, as I create new ones, I trying to remember, okay, how does it interact or, um, and then trying to, um, catch ups. I'm, I'm just calling them catch ups. So kids are starting to figure out, okay, a good land card is, is ones that are walled cities. So then now looking ahead, uh, we have China next. And then after that is Greece. But one of the cards in Greece then is going to be the Trojan horse, which they can play as a, as an item and it allows them to attack a walled city then because so trying to be true to the what it actually did or um uh, well well the buddha that's a, that's another card well the buddha doesn't have any attack or defense value just because that's who he was but then he does something special if you have the uh, nirvana item attached to them or uh, karma or um, yeah know, so you so can like layer all that theme into the deck and make these interlocking systems yeah it's this big puzzle and it's it's really fun to build out that's awesome that's one thing that i definitely suggest people as they're looking to sort of make items whether you do what mike did or what i did where like they're playing the game themselves uh, this idea of combos or connections, like if this is with this, it does this other thing. Uh, that's one of my favorite things. Well, I do in my game, I have a few of those that are like really integrated where like lots of items take advantage of this. Uh, and early on in my game, I want to teach them about combos. So in the first unit, there's a badge they can get called so i separate right badges and items and arguably like for you non gamifiers out there they're they're essentially the same thing you're getting something that is either going to be worth some points or it's going to allow you to do something i separate the two 
because they act a little different. Badges cannot be traded for me. Badges are taped to their front of their binder. Some of them don't have any power, but they're worth points at the end of the game. So, like, the leaderboard doesn't show that, like, if that item or if that badge is worth a 1,000 points, it doesn't show that yet on the leaderboard. That's end game. You're going to get this big bonus for all your badges. And that's a way to obscure who's winning in my yeah. game because, right, you're playing a year-long game, and you don't want that Jeopardy effect where people are like, well, we know this house is going to win. We can't beat them. And it's like, yeah, but you guys have a lot of badges they don't have. Like, ugh. We don't know who's winning this thing. Uh, but the other thing, going to this combo idea, some badges do things. And, and early on, I have one called the fire badge. And it interacts with a lot of items. So if you would get an item in my game, a lot of them say, like, it can do X. But then it says below that, like, with fire badge, it kind of does X plus something, right? Yeah. So... Uh, that one is really integrated. I do. I use that one a lot as the fire badge. Uh, and then I've added a few others where it's like, and if you have the river trader badge, it this other thing can do X plus, right? Yep. Uh, and that's that's been neat, right? Because then it's a way to sort of specialize your character because then you want more river trader cards that interact with that because you have that you want more things that interact with fire badge because you have that and it builds in a little bit of that confidence a little bit of that prestige too because you you're like oh yeah yeah, i have the fire badge yeah i want i want that item because it interacts with this other thing so some other kid that gets this doesn't get to do this extra thing no just just you and you're like yeah right yep yeah, so yeah, getting them to, to figure out those combos and um, yeah, with the, so I have some items that are iron. So then if you have the the Hittite Ironsmith, then it's going to increase the value of the iron items or the or the bronze smith. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. That's that's an interesting take though, because a lot of people. I haven't talked to so many that actually sort of build a, a complete sort of side game. And that's pretty awesome that you, you've done that. You said you've taken some of those ideas, some of that mechanic from games you've played growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spellfire was a big one. And, and kids were either, it kind of came out around the same time as Magic. And I just, I didn't get into the Magic one. Um, and then Spellfire kind of died out. And um, But yeah, the, I, I, I thought the mechanics of that game were were fun and it was it was pretty easy uh, to pick up and play. So I I've adapted it a little bit and uh, tried to make it work with with what we have going on with the jumping through those stargates as we as we go that go that route and um, building up your army, uh, so to speak. That's awesome. So all said and done, uh, how many? different cards do you have well i'm gonna well yeah let's start with there how many different cards do you have um so i have we'll cover eight units um the the mesopotamia one has the most just because i had to build out those starter decks for everybody um so that forced me to create a new card category then too with uh, skills so and i kind of treated the skills like it would be a spell card where there's some action that happens but it um it's true to content uh so then after that everything's got between 50 and 70 so 
I'm gonna run that about 400, 450. Oh, gosh, Mike, that is, that's insane. Yeah. So for those kind of follow-up question that for those starter decks, how much variation? Like what's, like you said, there's 30 in a deck. So my starter yeah. deck, you've given me 30 cards. Yeah. How many uh, different cards are in that first unit? Is there 60 so cards? I made. Um, what did I do? Like 25 of each card, and then I just started. I came into school one night and just started laying out 80 piles and trying to mix it up and uh, create some variation in there. But and then when the kids got their deck, they just grabbed a random one off the off the counter wrapped in tinfoil, so they they didn't know what they were getting. And um, so yeah, that was, there was a a good amount of cutting with that. <laughs> there was a good amount of cutting with that. I used to, when I first started gamification, I one of the things, this is true still now, one of the things I absolutely love is the art of a surprise. Like I don't, like I like there to be a little mystique, like your wrapped items, they're off to the side. And so I used to never let my students help me cut the items because like I don't want them to know what's coming. You know, like... Right. And I, I, I have loosened up on that because like the item cutting can take a long time and there are certain things only you and I can do as the teacher, but like students can cut items. Like I don't, yep. I don't necessarily do that. Uh, so I don't know. It's, that had to be a tremendous amount of cutting. Yeah, it, was, it was a little bit. I kind of worry about, well, and then I'm left-handed. So it's a right-handed scissors world. Um, so that's a little tough. And uh, you did this on regular paper, or did you use like cardstock? I, I did a I did a cardstock and then color. So I everything got printed, and um, the the copy para at school is awesome about the laminating, and and then I I cut from there after she laminated. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. I'm jealous. I mean, your game that's pretty cool. I'd love to check it out sometime. Uh, yeah. If you had a suggestion for somebody that's going to get started uh, doing your system, your idea, what what tips, what advice you got? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I put the question out this summer, like, hey, who is anybody doing a trading card style deck building? Uh, and it was a lot of crickets. Um, <laughs> You're doing a unique thing there. Uh, Mr. Daly uh, in South Dakota, he had some input on that, so he, he helped a little bit with that. And um, boy, I, I think maybe starting starting small and just just building out, and um, it's, it's a little bit of a problem I have. I, I either am, I'm in or out on something, and that's um, so many teachers are. <laughs> yeah, so I I just I went all in on it over the summer, and uh, so I I constructed and built my first four units and so the fifth one is Greece so I didn't have any cards for that so I, I sat down last weekend and um, I kind of forgot how hard it was finding the pictures you know you want that That's... You, you have in your mind what the picture you want and um, so trying to find that uh, the deviant art has been a really good um, yeah that's a resource I definitely use deviant arts a wonderful community uh, but I so agree with you Mike like half the battle literally probably more than it probably three quarters of the battle yep. is finding the image because like i usually can name an item pretty quick 
the set the the next hardest thing i think for me in my game is like what do the powers do because it's not a card game this is like they are in the game so it's like how many different ways can you have things affect other other mechanics you have going on so you sort of look like well i have houses so there's can be items that affect houses i have personal xp there's could be items that affect personal xp you know like and then you you feel like you ran out of ideas and you're like well what else can you know i want to make more items this year what else can get affected and it's just a process of looking through what do you do often in your class because then that can probably have an item good example of that i open every one of my classes with a quote of the day so they have to kind of journal about a quote that i put up on the board and that has never been part of my game but i do it every day and it wasn't until literally two weeks ago i was making some items and i was like why don't i do like an item around quote of the day so like kids if they because then we process the quote of the day i say does anybody like can tell me what this is or whatever so if they have this item they can earn xp for answering that quote of the day question which normally wasn't worth anything for xp that was just what i do in my class they answered this quote of the day uh so looking at what you do or what's in your game that gives you the idea of other little levers you can sort of pull and push and you know twist and turn and to to make a game yep yeah that's uh that's crazy sauce well mike uh we are already at the end of our podcast here so we got reflection time and uh, i'm excited to uh hear your thoughts on this one this one's by don la bruce and you ready for it yeah i'm ready all right it is playful learning is memorable learning. How does that hit you? Yeah, I, I, I would say that some of the biggest things that I remember are when we've been playing something. Uh, I'll go all the way to uh, seventh grade social studies. Um, it, you know, at that time, everything was notes quiz test and and he set everything aside and we did a economics simulator with dice and depending on what you rolled it, i think kind of like playing the game of life but it was just dice and and he had rules and if you rolled a five this was your job and this was your income and um, yeah that sticks with me to today that activity uh, yeah i think about when i look back at my k-12 experience for the most part, the only sort of <laughs> big memories that stand out are either super scary moments, like there was a time in fifth grade I was like super behind on like five projects and I had a little meltdown, like there's no way I'm going to get these five projects done. I should have started weeks ago and I didn't, you know. And so I either remember painful memories like that or I remember sort of things that in my mind stand out as like big events or things that where like you said we set aside the normal and yeah. did did something special uh and that's amazing right i mean that is if you count like kindergarten through 12th grade i mean that's 15 years of schooling and i'm telling you the things i remember are the incredible scary or when we were basically not doing what we were supposed to do at school right like we've set it aside and we're like we're gonna try this thing and those are all the big memories I have. Uh, yeah. 
and kind of just the day. And I have like remembering of teachers, like, oh, that teacher was really nice. But like, I don't remember like how they taught me about the American Civil War. Like, I know, I know the facts of the American Civil War. Somebody taught me them, but like, I don't, I don't remember like who or what lessons. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Well played. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. Everyone else, thank you so much for coming every week and listening to Well Played. Uh, I hope that you have a good, good week and that you continue to explore how games and playful learning can kind of bring that bit of joy into your classroom or into your family room. Pick up a game or two. As always, you can catch this podcast on almost all the media outlets that put up podcasts. And you can definitely check out the video version of this on my YouTube channel. Love to have you there. Uh, Everybody, enjoy your week and play on.